0: Buying a home? Don't panic. Just listen to the rest of this podcast. Welcome to my podcast, everybody. My name is John LaForm. I'm a certified home inspector and the owner of Home Inspection Authority. My podcast allows me to share my day to day home inspection experiences and knowledge to help home buyers, homeowners, realtors, and other home inspectors. Set realistic expectations with each other during the home buying process. All right, everybody, we're back again. And this time we have attorney at law, Alan Gelbard. Hey. How you doing, Alan? I'm doing okay. (laughs) Made it. You did make it. And that's half the battle right there. So, uh, Alan is, uh. Has been an attorney and one of my attorneys for a very long time. Can't be that long. We're not that old. We are old. Yeah, we are. Yeah.
1: When I met you, you had hair, and so did I. <laughs>
0: There's one thing I have to ask you before we get started with, uh, you know, what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, copyright and trademark and how all that shit works, Mm -hmm. because that is confusing for everybody. I'll make it easy, including myself. So the first question I have for you is: Has any of the information you're about to share with us been gathered by any type of time travel?
1: Well, opinions vary, but probably not. (laughs) Okay.
0: If you don't know what that means, I'll tell you later. Okay. I have to ask that now There's a good reason for it. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, copyright. Now, as a home inspection company owner, uh, there's a lot of other company owners out there listening right now. And when it comes to copyright, on my, on my website, it says copyright at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why is that there?
1: Well, a website is a work of authorship. Uh, it's an audiovisual work. And it doesn't actually need to say that it's good that it says that, but it doesn't need to say that, uh, when you create artistic works, it, uh, copyright exists from the moment of creation. Once you make a tangible medium. So if you record a piece of music or if you take a photograph, once you can perceive the thing, it's a copyrightable, uh, uh, work of art. Now, if you want to protect it, that's another story. Um, you can't really do anything with it until you register it with the library of Congress because copyright is exclusively federal and your ticket to federal court in a copyright case is a registration
0: certificate. So if you don't register anything, trying to fight it's useless. It's not useless.
1: You can sue somebody for copyright infringement. If you register, like if somebody infringes your work and then you go out and register it, you can sue them once it registers. The problem is a, it takes six to eight months to get a registration and B if you don't register it before it's infringed or within three months of the date of first publication you have to prove actual damages which is what you lost and you don't get attorney's fees so it's almost never worth going after somebody for
0: copyright in that situation got it so if it's on your website that's good but you don't have to have it you
1: don't it doesn't have to have the c symbol what it what that helps with is if somebody says well i didn't know you were asserting a copyright claim it puts people quote on notice that you assert that that's a copyright. Same thing with trademark. You I don't see. have to have the R you know, in a circle after something if you consider it a trademark or the TM. You should, because again, that puts people on notice that you consider it a trademark.
0: So they could just say, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I don't mean, it's, know.
1: It's bogus, but if it's there, the courts will be much more willing to throw that defense out.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so the copyright symbol. Now, what about what about like a home inspection report? Is that is that something necessary on there? Well,
1: you can't really copyright a report. You can copyright the format of a report. You can copyright, like if you've got photos on it, you can copyright the photos, but the uh. data that's in a report is just information and that's not copyrightable.
0: Oh, that's good. Information. There, there was an
1: old case about uh, somebody tried to copyright a phone book. They teach this in law school and the courts came back and said, no, 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 no. It's just a bunch of numbers. That's not copyrightable. The data is not copyrightable. Now, if you lay it out in a particularly cool way, if there's like a format that you
0: really like, that's
1: copyrightable. A phone book, a phone book. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't believe I still remember this stuff from law school.
0: Now, obviously the guy didn't try to copyright the yellow pages, just a phone book just, itself. Yeah. Just the phone book, just the phone numbers. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Okay. Copyright. It, it's, it's still a little hard to get like grasp. It is, it is hard to grasp because what you, what you said was a whole bunch of information and it's See, like, that's what happens when you have lawyers. on you. I you know when you have lawyers, they talk lawyerish. So it's, it's a little, it's still a bit like unclear, uh, the way it's written. So I did a little research and, This is what I come up with looking at stuff online. And we're going to get to more uh, cooler stuff online a little later. So a type of, uh, a copyright is a type of intellectual property that protects creative works. Yep. Would you agree? Exactly right. Copyright protects the expression of an idea. Correct. Governed by federal law. Correct. Title 17 of the United States Code. Correct. Copyright.gov if you need to uh, file a copyright. Yep. So... Okay, so for home inspectors, what Alan's telling us now is we don't need to worry about copyrighting our report unless the images we want to copyright the images. Now, those would those images have to be mine?
1: Well, you can't copyright somebody else's work of authorship.
0: No, I understand that, but what I'm saying is the picture I took at a, at a specific property to yes. put in that report, right? Was that considered mine now? That's your picture. That's a work of authorship
1: of yours. Now, it's interesting, and and this is where some people get into trouble with copyright. If you are, let's say, for example, you personally take the photo, okay, and you're working for your corporation, you own the photo, but because you're working for the corporation, we call that the shop's rights doctrine. So the corporation actually owns the photo. Right. If you hire an, an employee, a real employee, okay, the company owns the photo, but if you have an independent contractor do it and they go out and shoot for you and they do the report and you submit it, the independent contractor owns the copyright, unless you have a work for authorship, uh, a work for hire agreement.
0: I remember those. Yeah. Yes. Work for hire agreements. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. So you guys getting that out there, I hope. So if you have a, if you have a, someone else doing your photography or anything like that, you need to have a agreement between you and them. It's gotta be in writing. It's gotta be in writing. That's something I push a lot on this show, and that is everything has to be in writing.
1: Well, we all say oral contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. Exactly. Which isn't true, actually, but. (laughs) Uh,
0: And I got to be honest with everybody. The reason why that's embedded in my brain is because of Alan. Mm. Alan's taught me so much about the law over the years. I feel very, very uh, honored well, thank you, you. Have accepted all your knowledge. She's paid handily for it. Yeah, I have paid for it. <laughs> it wasn't free. Um, well, I think
1: you worked out if we if we actually lay it all out, you probably made a profit <laughs> on
0: me. I think I made some money. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, it, it's really really important, and that's the reason why. You know, me and like I said, me and Ellen go way back. We've been through many uh, copyright and trademark infringement cases, and we've won every one of them. And that is that in a thousand, right? Yeah. And we, and and that's because we had paper in between us and the other party Yep. without paper. You're really fighting an uphill battle. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Look, the one thing that I tell everybody is it is much easier for a lawyer to get you out of trouble. I'm sorry. It is easier for a lawyer to keep you out of trouble than to get you out of trouble. If you're planning on some sort of interesting business venture, if you don't understand what right. you're doing, if you talk to a lawyer first, they can keep you from stepping in the minefield. Right. If you don't, it's really expensive to try to fix it later.
0: Right. And if those of you out there, uh, a couple of close friends who just told me this uh, last week that they couldn't afford to get a lawyer, that's nonsense. You can't afford not to have an attorney uh, look at your uh, look at your business and just give you an, just give you an overview of what to stay yeah. away from, what to be careful of. And that's a that's a that's a a, a live and learn type situation, and then if you're on the opposite end of that, it sucks. You <laughs> yeah. don't want to be there. It's it's a really tough one to deal with.
1: It's a gut wrencher when somebody comes in and they you know they've got a, a legitimate beef, but they didn't do their homework right, or they got the wrong paper, or they signed the wrong contract, and you just have to look at them and go, look, you know, sorry, but I can't help you. That's right. really hard.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, in a, in the home inspection business. Every customer I do business with signs a contract before I even leave my house. I don't get there. Oh, yeah, just when you get a minute, just fill this out. No, it's I don't take any jobs. Nothing's confirmed until I have a contract and it's all e-signed digitally. It's all done like that. So I have all that done every single time. And I push that on everybody listening all the time when we're talking about contracts and stuff like that. So uh, that's always going to be how I explain it. And that is paper, paper, paper. You got to have paper in between you and the other person. So, l- explain like a copyright infringement case. How does that happen? How does that work?
1: Well, usually, it, I mean, the ones that I encounter, somebody's you know ripping off a piece of music or ripping off a, a video or something like mm-hmm. that. And what happens is they find out, hey, you know, somebody's selling this video and it's yours, and they're selling it for a quarter of what you sell it for. So, and then and then you do a little investigation and you buy a couple of, of you know fake ones, and so you can prove that they're fake. Uh, and then you file a copyright infringement case, assuming that you've registered your copyrights and all uh, it's done exclusively in federal court. It is expensive. It is really expensive. Um, generally, you're looking at a couple of hundred grand to get a case to trial. If Ooh. you're lucky, uh, the, you know, the courts are backed up forever. Federal judges are, um, shall we say, little megalomaniacs. I love them, by the way. It, it's. They're what? Megalomaniacs. They they really believe that they are the God in their own little courtroom and they are. So you do things their way and there's like, you know, it's it's funny that there's like the, the federal rules of civil procedure and then there's what we call the local rules. So like the Ninth Circuit has their rules and then the Central District of California has their rules and then we call the judges rules the local, local rules. So the judge may say, I want you here at 1030 in the morning or I want you here at 11 And you better be there, you know? It's not like state court where if the hearing's at 8.30 and you trundle in at 9.15, it's going to be okay. It doesn't work that way.
0: So I got a question regarding that. You said the amount of money it costs to do these types of things. So how does that amount of money come up? Like, what what is it specifically that, is it just your hours?
1: It is. I mean, look, there are Court filings? The filing fees in federal court are surprisingly small. Um, In state court, you have to file, you have to pay for like every motion. In federal court, you don't. Um, the filing fees are relatively small. The problem is that discovery uh, takes forever and mm. discovery disputes run up a lot of hours. And you may recall when we were like digging through a certain company's books, yeah. that ran up the clock quite a bit. I mean, you can you can file a suit and get a case filed for a few thousand dollars. Right. It'll take you 30 or 40,000 to get into their books and it'll take you another 50,000 to have somebody right. read them to know what they're reading.
0: And that's because they're fighting you every inch, they're fight- of the way.
1: every inch of the way. And, yeah. you know, it, when you sue somebody for copyright infringement, it only really makes sense if they have something, right? You can get an order to make them stop, but copyright infringement, in fact, by it can actually be criminal. There are way, there are criminal copyright infringement statutes, Oh well. but if someone's ripping you off, they probably don't have a lot of money anyway. So you're chasing these people around for nothing. Mm. Um, you get what we lawyers call a judgment. You can frame, um, you know, yeah, you had a $17 million judgment. Good luck collecting it. The guy's got $42 in his bank account. Um, <laughs> today it's crazy. I mean, you go after people and you find out they're like living in their mom's basement.
0: Okay. So let's, I, I pulled, I pulled up my computer here, a couple things on here just to refresh my memory. Cause I, you know, I tend to forget shit too. <laughs> so right here is my, uh, Apple, that's my podcast on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. right here. So is there any type of copyright, symbol I need on here. You don't need it again. You don't have to put a copyright symbol
1: back in the, well, back in the early 1900s when the copyright code was, was changed, uh, for the fourth or fifth time, uh, you actually had to have the C in a circle to put people on notice that Uh, changed in, I believe it was the late fifties where uh, you no longer have to have that on there, but a website is
0: copyrightable
1: and all the information on it is copyrightable. And this podcast is copyrightable and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff is saving is uh, copyrightable.
0: Right. Okay. And then as far as going back to my uh, business itself, once again, you said the report is only the photos just Mm -hmm. to be clear. So you said only the photos can be copyrighted in the report.
1: Well, the the format of the report can be copyrighted as well. So for example, you've got your logo up there, you've got stuff down one side, you've got details in there. The information that's in it isn't copyrightable, but the format of the report and the photos on the report can be
0: Okay. The format. Okay. So the spacing of everything and the, you know, categories and stuff like that. That's what you mean by that. Okay. It's a little little confusing.
1: Well, the point is, why would you bother? I mean, a a report really isn't worth anything. If if you do a a report on a house, okay. And someone wants to show that report to three or four different people, what do you care? You got paid for the house, right? right? If someone is go, Hey, that's a really nice picture. I'm going to use that picture on my website. And you know, maybe people will think I did that house. That's copyright infringement. It's also Mm. potentially trademark infringement. But we can get into that later.
0: Right. Okay, yeah. All right, so that's interesting. So let's see. So, for example, the people who actually created my software. No, that's copyright. Software is copyrightable. Yeah, software is copyrightable. But anyway, okay, good to know. Now, uh, here's something that is a very great area for me, and that is... On, you know, the good old thing called Google, mm-hmm. we Google stuff every day, everyone's doing it. I'm constantly on there looking for better ways to explain stuff to my customers. So I may look for an image with a, I like to use illustrations mm-hmm. as for images, as, as, a, as opposed to just an actual photo. Illustrations tend to explain stuff better. So what do I have to be careful of?
1: Well, you don't want to do an illustration of somebody else's photo
0: Um,
1: that's technically considered a derivative work and that could be copyright infringement. If you're going to sort of do an homage to something or do something like something else, Mm -hmm. um, that's probably not infringement. And it's probably not going to be close enough to be problematic. But if you like take a picture and sort of sketch over it, so you're, you know, you're creating something else from the original image, that's still a derivative work and that be, that can be infringement.
0: How does anybody know if an image on Google is copyrighted already?
1: Well, you don't really. um, I mean, somebody could put a C in a circle on something and they haven't registered with Library of Congress. Now, again, copyright exists from the moment of creation. Okay. Once you can reduce something to a tangible medium that can be observed or perceived, copyright exists. So from that perspective, as soon as you take the picture, it's copyrighted. It hasn't been registered, but the copyright exists. Whoever took that photo owns that photo.
0: I see. And
1: unless of course they're working for somebody else and all those other,
0: right, right, right. But with, with Google having access to so many different people's pictures and how are they getting those? Do you know just people uploading? Yeah, they upload them. Just uploading stuff. And it just, it just gathered them all together. There were some
1: crazy lawsuits uh, against Google in the early days um, where they were infringing music and infringing, you know, videos and movies and stuff. And they've, Done very well to skate themselves, but generally speaking, um, other than intellectual property, uh, internet service providers do have immunity. It's section two thirty, um, which, you know, we're we're dealing with a lot of that stuff in the Supreme Court right now in the First Amendment vein. But if a website has a copyrighted image on it that isn't theirs, the website can be sued because intellectual property is carved out of section two thirty.
0: I see. Okay. So it's a, uh, it's kind of like the Wild West. Yep. You want to pull a picture off there, you got to do it with caution.
1: Well, a lot of people make that mistake. And I've, I've represented some people that, you know, they wanted to put up an ad. So they went on Google and they found some picture that they liked and they stuck an ad on it and put it up on their website and they got sued. Um, and the only thing you can do in a situation like that is settle because, I mean, well, that's not necessarily the case. You can always find out whether they actually have the picture rights to begin with. Um, we've had right. a couple of cases where uh, a client of mine was sued for copyright infringement and that person had registered the work and then licensed it to somebody else. And the licensing agreement gave the other person the exclusive rights, Right, which means they're the only people that can sue. So the people that were suing us didn't have the rights to sue on. But in most circumstances, that's not the way it works out. Right. If you're using someone else's photo, you know, you got to pay them.
0: Now, I, I forgot to ask you in the beginning, how, how, how long have you been doing copyright in 27 on? years? 27 years. So you know a few things. One
1: one or two. By the way, there are some (laughs) copyright trolls out there. There are these little companies that will like stuff, stick stuff all over the internet. And then you inadvertently use something and they track it. And then they go out and they sue you and they want, you know, 750 or $1,500 for the license for a picture that's like, you know, a stock photo. Um, Right. It's, it doesn't make sense to do that as a business owner. You, You put yourself at too much risk and it's a pain in the neck and the odds of actually getting caught are virtually zero. But, you know, if you do get caught, it can get expensive real fast.
0: Alan, let me ask you this here. So basically, my reports are a property of my clients because they're the one that paid me to create it. So everything still applies to what you just said regarding the report.
1: Well, that is actually a little bit tricky. Um, if your agreement with your client says they own the, the report, they own the report, okay, the photograph that you stick on the report is still technically yours unless you transfer it to them. So if your agreement with them says you get everything, you own the report, you own all the intellectual property behind the report, blah, 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 blah. They own it all. Otherwise, like when you sell, um, let's say for example, you sell a t-shirt, Okay. You're selling t-shirts and there's a logo on the front. Now that doesn't, that's not copyrightable. If you're using the logo to identify it as a source of goods and services, that's a trademark. If you're using the logo as a decorative thing, then it's a copyright. You can sell copies of the original work and not give away the copyright.
0: Uh, My YouTube channel page. I I got that. Pull that up yet right here. So is there anything on here that I need to do as far as a copyright or trademark well,
1: or anything? Copyright and trademark are, are vastly different things. All right, people, so let's wait on the trademark. Okay, they People yeah. dump them into the same bin because they're both intellectual property, but they really couldn't be more different. Um, is there anything you have to do? Look, right. the, what most people did, never register their copyrights with the Library of Congress. They just don't do it. They don't realize they should. They don't realize they you know the, the benefits to doing so. Um, if you're doing you know, a video a week, it doesn't make sense to register every single one individually. It just doesn't. Right. Um, it doesn't make financial sense. What you can do is every two months and three weeks. And there's a reason for that. You don't want to go three months. Um, every couple of months, you put everything you did together on one DVD and send it all in. You pay one fee and you've got it registered. Ah. The reason you want to keep it under three months is if someone infringes on your work before you register it, you can still get all of the statutory penalties and attorney's fees as long as you register it within three months of the date of first publication.
0: Oh, gotcha. right? So um, it's okay. really
1: important that you don't put something out there and wait longer than two months and 30, whatever, 30 days or whatever it is, uh, to register it. You should do it every three months. And a lot of people in the industry now, uh, in the entertainment industry and in the music business, Um, if they're not registering every single work, they just, every three months, they put everything on one disc and they send it in and they do it that way. So you got one under uh, three months, under three months, under three months. So like you said,
0: two months, three weeks, the the drawback
1: to (laughs) that is if somebody infringes a bunch of your stuff and you've registered them all as one work. You only get one set of statutory right. penalties, right. but statutory penalties for infringement for willful infringement can be up to $150,000. And like I said, most of the time you're chasing some guy working in his mom's basement. Right. So right. 150 is plenty.
0: Right. <laughs> okay. Nice.
1: Uh, t- and the big hammer, by the way, for statutory penalties is you get attorney's fees. So the other guy has to pay your lawyer. Cause again, you know, you're going to blow a couple hundred grand on a lawyer getting to trial in a copyright case. Um, if the other guy doesn't have the money, it's not worth chasing him.
0: True. If yeah, he does, that's true. cha-ching. Yeah. Get paid. Do the time and get paid. Uh, okay. So as as far as, uh, I know we touched on this a little bit already, but as far as the legal steps to prove infringement, I mean, so you said, first of all, get up get an attorney who knows what he's doing yeah. and are you looking at what a retainer?
1: Uh, attorneys work different ways. You know, I'm strictly hourly. Um, some are, some attorneys take matters on contingency. I would never take a copyright case on a contingency. I think that's nuts. Uh, but that's, you know, attorneys do things differently. Um, it's actually a relatively easy thing to prove. The the only elements of copyright infringement are access and copying. So if they created something exactly like yours, but they've never seen your thing before, that's not infringement. That's just a coincidence, Mm -hmm. but you got to show that they had access to your original work and they made something that's so close to it or exactly the same that it's copying. Those are the only elements, but those you have to prove.
0: Got it. Okay. So anything else you want to add about copyright that man might maybe not be thinking about?
1: Um, not really. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a huge issue I don't think in your industry Um, trademark is much more valuable in your industry. Copyright is really for artists, for musicians, for filmmakers, for authors, people that are creating artistic works. Uh, That's who it's there to protect. And, And that's one of the biggest differences. It's a nice segue between copyright and trademark. Copyright is designed to protect the author. The person that created the artistic work is the one that copyright is there to protect. Trademark is not. Trademark is there to protect the public. From being deceived. The added benefit to it is the owner of the trademark gets to sue the other guy for infringing his stuff. But what it's really there to do is to keep people from palming off fake goods on society.
0: Yeah. Piggybacking. Yep. Uh,
1: John mentioned it earlier. I'm going to mention it again. If you're a, you know, a proper running business, you should have a lawyer on retainer that does what you do and knows what you do and can keep you out of trouble because again, it is much easier and it is much less expensive to keep you out of trouble than to get you out of trouble
0: that's a great that's a great takeaway right there and i've been living by that since i met you so years ago good so far so good man so far so good uh let's just keep on winning cases yeah
1: (laughs) i got a couple more to go and then i'm knocking off uh, i've been doing this a while and i used to joke about my young wife being my retirement plan and it turns out i was right so